Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together twice a week and we chop it up over what we're chewing on in God's Word. This week we've got Sean Duncan with us. Hey, yo. Hey, Sean. <laughs> I knew it would happen eventually. <laughs> you guys will get the pleasure of him singing to you in Hebrew. He does it through the halls. Sean, you are the college pastor here mm-hmm. at UFC. Um, we love you. You're kind of the the guy who can fire off. You've got stuff at your fingertips all the time. About stuff the at the fingertips all yeah, the time. Top of your head. That's what mm-hmm. on his plaque on his desk. Stuff I'm like at your the fingertips. I'm like the Edward Scissorhands of uh, theology. That's it. You know, I just have Bible fingers. Right, and it scares. It people. makes it so hard to cut hair, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many questions I have about Edward Scissorhands about just his daily life rhythms but there's yeah I this need, isn't the place to get into those i need info <laughs> sean what are you chewing on beatitudes beatitudes All my right. friend yeah so uh we've covered i think six of the no we've covered yeah oh yeah, yeah six so far no four five last week we talked about um merciful yep blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy so that was that was the fifth beatitude okay so today we're talking about the sixth one, which is um, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Uh, this is Matthew 5, 8. And the way I remembered it at first was actually my wife, Chelsea, helped me. And um, if you make an eight with your hands and then turn it sideways, it becomes little binoculars or like glasses. So <laughs> the, you'll see God. Um, it's really helpful. I've always remembered and then if you wanted to memorize matthew 5 6 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied what time do you have dinner around five or six (sighs) amazing you need a whole episode on how you memorize these things okay so matthew 5 (laughs) verse 8 blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god okay so again jesus talking to his disciples he's talking to those who are his followers who have have come to him and sat under his teaching to to learn from him and he says blessed are the pure in heart i think this is a really interesting one and if anyone ever preaches the beatitudes or if you've heard like a sermon series either they do all the beatitudes in one or they lump some of them together and do like two or three weeks or something but this is one of those ones that kind of gets shoved under the rug because you're like what am i supposed to do with this one it's it doesn't sound flashy at first sure um but let's think about it. like what the heck does it mean to be pure in heart and why is Jesus going after the heart all of a sudden? Hmm. So here's how we know that the, one of the reasons why we know that the Beatitudes aren't just formulas. How the heck would you make your heart pure? Like, do you just like start drinking like antacid juices and like do a juice <laughs> cleanse or something or like Listerine and just like swallow it instead of spit it out or something. Like, well, how is that really going to happen? Yeah. Um, so he's talking about a pure heart. So the heart is really important in the Bible. In the Old Testament, which is written in Hebrew, the the Hebrew word for heart is lev or levav. Um, it just shows up differently, but it's the same word. And the heart in Hebrew is where not only you, it's not only the seat of your emotions, but it's also the seat of your, your thinking, your logic, your reason, your intuition, your volition, um, which we use the word mind for that. So we talk about our minds, which is up in our head, like I'm touching my head right now, our minds as being the seat of where I think, 
and where I make decision and where I process and where my reason comes into play. And then usually I'm touching my heart now. My heart is where I have feelings. So that's not the case in Hebrew. You know the Hebrew word for mind? I don't know them. Exactly, because there's not one. <laughs> Guess what? what? You your, your head in the Old Testament, you just have like this head. It, it's just <laughs> head. Um, but the organs in your in your body, that's where all these things happen. So, um, for example, there's this uh, Greek word, uh, splogna. It's really hard to pronounce, but it's the word that, that describes, uh, it's actually the word for spleen, I'm pretty sure. But that's what Jesus has for the crowds in Matthew 9 when he sees them, and we translate it as compassion. He has spleen? He has spleen. Because the spleen, think about this, this gut feeling for people where almost you feel, in a sense, sick for them, okay. but a longing for them also. That, that happens in your, we would say in your gut, mm-hmm. but they would just use the words blanc, <laughs> something like that. But I think, I think it's the word, word spleen. So, um, other things like in in some texts, um, it's technically the word kidney, re- referring to the organ that uh, is used as a metaphor for where like your love comes from. So we just have different ways than the biblical authors have of thinking about like what parts of my body are producing the ideas that I'm experiencing in my mind. But in the Bible, the heart from Old Testament into New, the heart is primarily where thought volition, decision, reason, and emotion all take place from. Um, when you get to the New Testament, which is written in Greek, there is a word for mind, and that that will show up throughout the New Testament too. So it begins to actually start separating uh, at that point. But here Jesus, uh, he's, he's teaching very much like a, an Old Testament teacher, and he uses this word, blessed are those who are pure, uh, blessed are, are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. So now we can begin to think, okay, so what does he actually mean by be pure in heart? That doesn't just mean all, all of my valves are working correctly, but actually something about what I feel, about what I think, about how I make decisions, about how I reason with my life and with uh, the people around me. That's supposed to be pure. Hmm. That becomes a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, because in just a few short verses, Jesus is going to say, uh, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that anyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. heart. Yeah. Right. Uh, and of course, you know, it, it, he, he's addressing the, the lustful thinking when you, when you fantasize about another human sexually. And he's saying, if you're doing that, you're committing adultery in your heart, a.k.a. you don't have a pure heart. Okay, so how do you get a pure heart? Are you uberly familiar with the idea of circumcision you're like wow sean you really took it out of left field on this one for me i'm gonna (laughs) plead the fifth on that one yeah plead the fifth uh (laughs) gentiles um in the room Uh, okay so um circumcision in the bible is also really important and stay with me because it's actually all really connected so circumcision um for the mature audience it's it's a cutting off of some flesh from a, a male extremity Okay, so it's it ha- circumcision has to do with cutting something off, not all of it, but something. In Deuteronomy chapter thirty, there's a really important promise. Deuteronomy is the pump up speech in the locker room during halftime, where the coach says, "We're gonna go out there 
we're going to give everything we got, and we're going to win this game, we're going to win this game, we're going to win this game, except for Moses says, we're going to go out there, we're going to give everything we got, and we're going to lose. <laughs> because the Israelites are so rebellious. Mm. So <laughs> Moses ends his pump-up speech by being like, you guys are going to lose so bad in this game. You're going to go into the land, and you're going to disregard God. You're going to forget him. You're going to abandon him. And it's going to be so bad that you're going to go into exile. But then he says, but when you do, if you return to God, if you turn back to God, he'll bring you home and he'll circumcise your heart. Mm. So there's this promise in the Torah, with the first five books of the Bible, that, that there's a problem with humanity. And the problem is not external, it's internal. It's a heart problem. It starts with the innermost parts of who we are. And, and the promise is that God's going to do something to deal with it. He's going to circumcise your heart. He's going to cut something off of your heart that is the problem. And then this promise uh, takes shape in later prophets like Isaiah, uh, um, sorry, not Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah, um, where in, in one of them, it's still the, the this term of like circumcision of the heart. Um, other sections, it's this idea of receiving a new heart. In other sections, it's um, God's going to take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh so so there's different metaphors being used but they're all about the heart and the idea is that god's going to do something to change the fundamental problem which is the human heart the heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart mm. okay so he's going to do something about that now we get to blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god and we begin to remember all these promises that god's going to do something about the heart of the human problem which is the problem of the human heart and the word for pure uh, I don't know what you think of. I, I don't, yeah, what do you think of when you hear pure, like just in life in general? Uh, probably a blank canvas. I'm an artist. Okay. So oh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so something white. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of like food, something mm. that's a, like a pure sugar or something that doesn't have like things mixed into it. Um, so that gets at maybe a piece of it, this idea of without blemish, without spot. Um, but it's a lot more than that. The word, uh, let me just double check it real quick. Um, it's, I believe it's katharos. And the, the Greek word um, katharos uh, is, is this idea of ritual purity or ritual cleansing. Hmm. Uh, and this is the Greek word that's used all throughout the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And it's used all throughout this book called Leviticus. That's my favorite book of the Bible. I know, you were probably yeah. doing your devos in it this morning. Oh my gosh, can't get enough. The Leviticus is um, a large chunk of Leviticus is about how to reconcile the um, the problem of sinful humans being in proximity to a holy God, and the way uh, sinful humans can be in in the proximity and relationship with a holy God is through purification and through ritual sacrifice. So the, the priests were the ones who would perform these ritual ritual tasks to, to then cleanse the people so that they could be in the presence of the tabernacle, in the presence of the um, close proximity to the Holy of Holies where God was dwelling with his people. But that, that, wasn't, that was just a short-term solution to a long-term problem. But the long-term solution is to solve the heart problem. Mm -hmm. And there has to be some sort of ritual cleansing that happens to the heart. And it's not going to be done by ourselves. Just like none of us are going to perform open heart surgery on ourselves, but something has to change. And the only one who can do it is God. So what the, the work of the Holy Spirit is, 
Um, it's mentioned in, in Titus, but it's this word regeneration. And regeneration is the idea of the cleansing of the heart. Uh, or the way Jesus talks about it in John 3 is you must be born from above or born again. And, and it's this idea of the, the Spirit doing something to make your heart new. Mm. So when Jesus is saying, blessed are the pure in heart, he's not saying, go get to work, get your elbow greased out, make yourself clean, clean up before dinner. He's not saying clean up before dinner. He's saying that the people who have been cleansed are blessed because someone else did the work. Yeah. And they're going to experience that blessing in full one day because they're going to see God. And they're not just going to see God in an abstract way. They're going to see him face to face in the face of the risen Jesus Christ in the new heavens, new earth. So blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. That is so good. So is any of this connected to a, a tangible purity that people may feel they fall short of when they mm-hmm. sin? Uh, I think uh, it will always be connected. So we feel um, remorse when we sin. Uh, as as believers, as followers of Jesus, we have been cleansed of our sin, meaning we are we are we are washed clean. When Jesus is talking to Peter in in the Gospel of John and his other disciples. You know, he's like, he's washing their feet and Peter's like, man, give me a whole bath. And he's, and, and Jesus is like, you're already clean. You, you just need your feet to be washed. Um, so there is a sense that you're already clean as a follower of Jesus. You have been cleansed. Uh, but there's a difference between feeling conviction or remorse or even hatred about our sin versus feeling guilty or shamed because of our sin. If we are feeling guilty, meaning uh, we have this sense that we are not right with God because of the sin we committed. Well, we're actually coming from a framework of works-based salvation because we're, we're believing that it's our works that justify us before God, but that's also our, our works that unjustify us before God. So what we have to remember is that the, the gospel is the good news that there is nothing that we could do to become right with God, but Jesus said it is finished. Jesus has done it on the cross. His perfect work has been concluded for us. And, and in that, there is, there is neither height nor depth, angel nor ruler, nor things present nor things to come that could ever separate us from the love of God that we experience in Christ Jesus. Um, so to the person who feels remorse or regret about their sin, you should. That's actually, you're experiencing the Spirit speaking to you right now of that, that wasn't holy and that wasn't pure. To the person who hates their sin, that is a holy hatred that you're experiencing, and that's the work of the Spirit. Uh, I think uh, if the Spirit wasn't working in your life, you wouldn't be hating your sin. So that's an encouraging feeling to have. Yeah. But if you're sitting feeling guilty in the sense that I am not right with God, or can, I cannot approach God the same way anymore because uh, I fell into this sin over the weekend— well, brother or sister, you, you, you have to come back to the foot of the cross and, and, and hear Jesus say— it is finished and see his blood poured out for you to purify you. And, and he, Jesus has purified you with his blood, which is more precious than gold or silver. So always come back to the cross. It is good and okay to feel remorse, to feel regret, to hate your sin, but to, it's not okay to feel guilty or ashamed in the presence of God because of your sin. If you're a follower of Christ, that that's coming from a, a lie that we're telling ourselves or someone else is telling us it's not coming from gospel truth. Yeah, that's like what you were saying. That's the idea that we have to get ourselves clean, cleaned up. But the comfort in this beatitude is that God has provided the means to purify your heart. Right, right. 
don't don't start uh, cleaning yourself up before dinner. Instead, realize that you've already been cleansed. So good. Sean, so much meat on the bone. Well, there was meat. We've eaten it all off. We've eaten it all up. There's nothing nom, left. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will see you next time for yeah, some man. more Beatitudes. You bet. Thank you, brother. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.